0: People have this thing like they're bothering somebody or they're doing something to someone that they don't want done to them. And the idea that that is the case when we're trying to sell our services is that at the end of the day, you're trying to help people.
1: The idea for today's show came, as frankly many do, from a conversation in a bar. Okay, boss man. Ian, I'm not sure if I have told you the story yet, so... No. Here, I'll show you you the genesis of this episode. I'm hanging out at a DC Gento, which is meetups for the Dynamite Circle community. They happen on the third Thursday of the month. If you want to hear about Behind the Podcast, you can go to tropicalmba.com slash subscribe. We send out a newsletter most weeks letting you know what's going on. Okay, so... Back to the story. I'm hanging out in a bar with a bunch of entrepreneurs, and the topic comes to the podcast. And they say, you know what you guys really need to do? You need to do a podcast on sales. And the reason they said it is because, like, that's our reality day to day is that our businesses live and die by our ability to sell. And they reminded me of a trope or a, like a gimmick we used to do on the show where when we would sign off of the show, we would yell, now go make a cold call. Do you remember this? This is back in the early days. I remember. And Mm -hmm. I think the reason we did that was because it's the easiest way to get things done. It's not putting up a landing page or optimizing your Google account. I mean, I think so many people, they sort of squander their energy on low-value tasks because they're too wimpy. I'm just going to say it. They're too wimpy to talk to their customers. You're
2: too wimpy. What do you think? Yeah, I remember... Gosh, I think probably around the time that we were advocating for cold calls, and I'm certainly still advocating for cold calls, but we're not closing the show like that anymore. I remember being in the meeting room in one of our offices and just having a projector and on the screen was uh, just a list of like 200 names talking with our salesperson at the time being like, yep, this is the spreadsheet. In this column, you say, if they said no, what your response was, and when we're going to follow back up with them. If they say yes, what the sale amount was, and we would just like go down these spreadsheets and cold call people.
1: Yeah, and look, this episode isn't about cold calling. It's about selling, and selling starts with communicating with people, and I firmly believe if you can't be persuasive on the telephone with somebody, it's way, way harder to do that in your marketing copy, on your website on your sales pages, because it's that intelligence that you build from communicating successfully with your customers. Can you get on the phone and sell your wares? To me, that's like a fundamental skill in entrepreneurship. If you can do it, you're never going to worry about paying the rent. It's sort of like the meta skill in entrepreneurship. So I want to talk about sales today and how we can be more successful in it. You ready for this ride? Mm -hmm. Buckle in. This is like taking your medicine, you know you need to become a better salesperson, and we're going to talk about how to do just that today. We couldn't think of anyone better to call than one of the best salespeople we know, someone who has spoken at our events and has literally, like, people come out of his workshops super energized and with a framework to make what I think a lot of people assume are difficult conversations much easier. So this isn't going to be like a drive-by top tips episode, we're going to do a deep dive into how you can implement this in your business. Today's guest has always been very generous with sharing his advice. And it was a real pleasure to speak with him just a few days ago.
0: It's John Logar. And essentially, I help consultants around the world to establish their agency businesses, their marketing agency businesses, and how they actually go about generating the right types of clients that will invest more in their services, how they actually convert those sales into clients, and more importantly, how they can scale to outsource and hire teams for their business.
1: So we're going to work through a few of the areas that people find difficult when it comes to selling. And John's insights there are really helpful. And later in the app, he's going to share his four-step process that if you do every day, he guarantees will bring you more sales. And if they don't, come into the comments of this episode and let us know. I want to know how your sales process is working for you. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. First up, let's tackle the often asked question. Do you have to be a certain kind of person, namely an extrovert like you Ian, hmm. to be good at sales? <laughs> don't
2: put <laughs> me in a box. <laughs>
0: A lot of people think that salespeople have a an outward, gregarious personality. They easily talk to people and engage. But the opposite is actually the best performing salespeople on the planet are people who are introverted. And the reason why the introverted person or the personality which is a little bit more reserved is able to sell more or do better is because they listen, so that they can react and respond and a lot of the apprehension of people thinking well I'm not outwardly going and I'm not I tend to be a little bit shy at the end of the day you're helping people with whatever product or service you have if you understand the greatest benefit that they can achieve or a result that they get from buying your product whether you're providing some form of pleasure or you're helping them avoid some form of pain or you're helping them save time and make money whatever the connected incentive to the trigger for somebody to buy If your message is to help people, it makes it easy to take the air out of this apprehension of, oh, you know, I'm not sure about selling or, you know, I don't want to come off as a a car salesman or an insurance sales guy. That's no disrespect to those professions. But people have this thing like they're bothering somebody or they're doing something to someone that they don't want done to them. And the idea that that is the case when we're trying to sell our services, at the end of the day, you're trying to help people. You know, who needs your help? Who can benefit the most from what you do? What are the th- reasonings as to why somebody should buy what it is that you have to offer? If your intent is to help people and at the end of the day to share what you can do, then it makes it easier to have those conversations. It makes it easier for people to say, yeah, this is something that I'm looking for. Part
1: of it is is that a lot of the salespeople you come across on a day-to-day basis they do have positions where they don't believe necessarily in what they're doing, they're just doing it for the money and they are putting people in high pressure situations. In fact, somebody just rang my doorbell 3 times trying to sell me an energy saving service under the guise of some ruse, you know. <laughs> I felt sorry for the guy because it it must be a horrible position to be in for him. He's got to make a living and now he's bothering me about it, you know. When you become an entrepreneur and you realize that sales are sort of the lifeblood of your business, you can be, at least at the beginning, put into an awkward position.
0: And again, this comes from, I guess, the idea of clarity. If you're super clear about what you're offering and you're super clear about how people are going to benefit from that, then all you've got to do is ask if they'd like it. So clarity is a really big part, and from clarity, you get a sense of certainty, and in that certainty, that builds your confidence. If, you're, if you know what you've got is great and people should take advantage of it, then the, your level of confidence will be actually uh, heightened to be able to deliver that to somebody. If we go from clarity to certainty to level of confidence, then it is much easier To present your idea because then you know who will benefit the most. So you can target people. In today's world, we can engage people very easily through social media and social networks. I mean, to talk to your point about going through that process of, I'm just starting out and I've not done this, there are some fundamental things. You know, you want to learn how to sell. That's the most important thing. If I look at every CEO that I've worked with or that I've come across to generate as a client, they know their business better than anybody else. In fact, they're the best salesperson for their company. So when you're starting out in your business, you are the best salesperson. You know more about what you do than anybody else does in that present moment. You are the best person to be sharing and engaging and connecting and asking. But from there, you'll get leverage once you scale where you can bring other people in to do those things for you. So if you really struggle, like, for example, if I struggle getting leads, then I'd go and hire somebody to go and get me some leads. If I struggle in selling, then I would do one of two things, learn how to sell very quickly or two, have somebody come in and you know, they can work on a commission or they can work on a retainer and they can sell for me. It's not, um, uh, oh, I don't know how to sell, I'm dead in the water. Like you say, it is the primary function of the lifeblood of your business. When we're starting out, 80% sales, 20% fulfillment. So the founder of
1: Growth Ninja, Vincent Wynn, was on the TMBA podcast. So if you want to hear a story of how a successful apprenticeship parlayed itself into an even more successful productized service called Growth Ninja. Check out episode 294. This is an amazing service. And thanks, Vincent, for sponsoring the TMBA podcast. Let's talk a little bit about Growth Ninja. Growth Ninja is a proven Facebook ads service. They will handle your ads with audience-targeting, all the while optimizing your campaigns on a daily basis. So if your business gets benefit out of Facebook ads, Growth Ninja will take care of all of those ads for you and tweak them on a daily basis. But the best part is there's no retainer fees. This is a really cool part of this service. You only pay for results, either on a fixed per lead basis or on a percentage of revenue for a direct sales campaign. No double dipping. You choose the way that you want to pay and pay only on performance. If that sounds like something that could change your business for the better, go ahead and take a look at growthninja.com. And don't forget to mention that you listen to the TMBA podcast. So far in this episode, we've been talking about how to approach sales. We've heard John Loger talk about the need for gaining clarity about what you're offering as a seller, which will help you gain a sense of certainty that they will want and need your product. And this in turn will help you have the confidence to close that sale. A lot of this does boil down to clear thinking. It's so easy to be a bit muddled when you're doing marketing materials. And that's why I think start with the phone. And if it's not resonating with people in person and on the phone, it should never make its way to your marketing copy. We've made this mistake.
2: A lot of times too, I think when you're focusing your sales message or if you have a confusing sales message, a confusing marketing message, generally speaking, you have a confusing product too. Sure. A lot of times, like when I'm trying to sell something, if, if I'm having a hard time selling it, a lot of times it's because the product is actually confusing and needs to be simplified. That's true.
1: And then the only thing that the struggling salesperson or entrepreneur is certain about is that they need to make money. Right. And so now all of a sudden that's what the interaction becomes about. It's like, Oh, I hope I smell desperation. Exactly. I hope you pay me money. I hope you pay me money. When, if you just clarified your product, got great feedback from your leads, then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I speak with people like you every day. And I know that you can benefit from this. I have real confidence in this solution. And that brings us to point number two, which was one of the main issues raised to me in that group of entrepreneurs back at the bar, Ian, which is basically, what do I do when I make these sales calls? Like, I'm getting the leads, I'm getting on the horn, and I'm just not able to close deals. I'm not sure about the process. Like, it's like, get on the phone, right? They want something. I have something, question mark, question mark, question mark. Where are the profits? (laughs) Maybe I'll describe them to you because it was awesome talking to them. Like they were under 30 years old, very bright people that could have corporate careers or professional careers, but they had decided to become entrepreneurs living in New York City and their typical business would be like a marketing services company or a lead generation company that was selling leads to or lead funnels to professionals. So just to kind of put ourselves in these young people's shoes, and they see, I think rightly in some ways, sales as their biggest opportunity, but also very complex in terms of how to get good at it. All you know is that you set up an appointment, you had a phone call, and it's been four days and they haven't emailed you back. And that's really what's going to pay your rent and hire your employees and make payroll and all that. So
0: my first question before I go selling to anybody is, what am I really selling and how is that going to help people that I'm selling to? So they're targeting professional services people. Those people want leads. They want appointments with a qualified customer who wants to spend, invest in their product or service, whether it be an accountant or a lawyer or a financial planner or an advisor, or even in insurance or risk areas of business. So if I know that I've got a system that can help them get what they want, and they sit and say, hey, ultimately we all, we all want clients, right? Every business wants new clients It can't survive without bringing new clients on board in their business. So it's a very attractive option to offer people, hey, I can bring you customers with an automated system, right? The thing is, is do you want customers coming to you automatically? So where's the appeal? Where's the benefit that we need to highlight? So I can ask that really simple question. Can I send you customers on a consistent basis who put up their hand, who are interested in sitting down with you, talking to you about your professional services and how it can help them get a better result? The answer to that question is going to be yes.
1: There's no way I'm not going to say yes to that.
0: Okay. So the second part of this process is if we were to automate that process and this thing paid for itself and became free, would that be useful? So if I can show you how that's possible and at the end of that, you can see how this can be easily implemented. Is there any reason why we couldn't work together and make that a reality for it? Now, we've what I've just done is you want customers. I've given you what you want. I'm, I'm saying this is what you want. Yep, I'm being clear about what I want, okay? Then I'm saying, well, if I had a system that did it automatically all day long, would that be helpful, right, if we could do that? And now if I can show you how that's going to work for you and you can see that you can actually benefit and this thing pays for itself – Is it okay if I show you how we can work together and put that into place? Let's loop back
1: to this 80-20 thing because a lot of people are at the beginning and sales is the key. And you mentioned that 80% is going to be sales and 20% is fulfillment. Unpack that a bit for us.
0: So, it goes back to that concept what you focus on most becomes real to you. So, in your business, you want a certain amount of revenue coming in every single month. That is going to be determined by the number of conversations you have, and how many from that number of conversations, how many people say, Yes, I'd like to buy and invest. So, if we were to break this down into a numbers game, let's say your friend is selling their automated funnel service for $20,000. Let's say the funnel's worth twenty. dollars and
1: right, let's bust in here to really quick not assume that everybody agrees on what a funnel means. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I thought this was a type of cake. (laughs) (laughs) It is a type of cake. It's also how you put oil in your engine. In the business world, the word funnel has come to talk about that shape of the thing that you put oil in to go down to that small hole in the top of your engine. So the idea is that you have a big area at the top, which this podcast might be a good example. Let's use that as a funnel. It goes out to thousands and thousands of people and they all listen to it a lot of eyes to see your marketing message. And then those people that are really interested, they'll like take the next step that's a little bit more specific in that funnel. So in our case, the next step would be people are like, hmm, I wonder what they're up to. They'll go to tropicalmba.com slash subscribe, subscribe to the newsletter, and they'll be able to get some news about the podcast. And then the next level might be okay, well, then you send them a promotion that's like, hey, did you know that we're going to have an event in your area in the next two months or whatever? And that would be gradually you're moving them closer and closer from someone who's heard about your business to somebody that is a customer or a client. And these funnels can look like anything. They can look like, you know, from Facebook ads to high-dollar in-person consulting. It could be, you know, SEO campaigns that lead to retargeting campaigns. So in other words, it's kind of... A catch-all phrase for how you distill a broad range of people down into customers or clients through mechanical processes online. Make sense?
2: Yeah. And then eventually repeat buyers. Absolutely
1: lot more talking to do about funnels. I think that's obvious because John's talking about selling them for $20,000. So Mm -hmm. obviously like these systems are really valuable to businesses and every business has an implicit funnel. And if you're curious about episodes about funnels, how to build them, how to flip them upside down, we will link to our previous episodes about marketing funnels.
0: And maybe there's some support to that. So you want to be tweaking and improving and, and getting going. So they might put in a support component of say two to three thousand dollars a month on that. So twenty grand for the upfront, thirty-six thousand dollars over the course of the year, it's a fifty-six thousand dollar sale, right? If they want to generate recurring revenue that's, you know, let's say twenty grand a month, they've essentially got to make what, five sales? Six yep. sales? So how many people do I need to speak to to make six sales? On average, Just this is right across the board in any industry. You look at a 25% conversion. So four times the number of clients that you want to generate is the number of people you want to engage in that market. The sales part of a business is the most important part of any business from a growth point of view because the energy at the beginning, all the focus is on I'm bringing on the client. So that is where the greatest cost of time, energy and resources are. Once you have the client on board, then we need to put a systems or our back end to fulfill. If we're an independent person, we're going to limit our income if we're going to be delivering the services ourselves. So if we do the work then we're going to sit there and go okay, I get a few clients on board, now I've got to fulfill, but whilst I'm doing that, I'm not actually generating sales. So we end up into the roller coaster cycle. So the reason for the 80-20 rule, 80% on sales, 20% on fulfillment, is you want to systemize or you want to look at ways of outsourcing the fulfillment based on your margins so that you've got good profit so that you can leverage into sales because you want to be bringing clients on board consistently to create a compounding effect of revenue in your business.
1: John, if I'm talking to, I would say, most entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast that run services, businesses... I would say it's probably the opposite way around for them. Like they feel like they're fulfilling most of the time, and when they can get a moment, they're going to try to close a deal to get more business in the door. So, what's going wrong there? How should they be rethinking their business potentially?
0: First of all, they've got to rethink what do I want my business to be? Is my business me delivering the services and fulfilling? So, I'm happy to basically be in a job working for myself as long as I'm generating clients on a consistent basis. So we can automate the client generation to support an expert who's doing the fulfillment. The challenge comes, and I know a lot of people who get into this scenario where they're fulfilling and they're going, that's really great, but I cap out my income. And nine times out of 10, when they actually work out their profitability after all their costs, they end up working for 25 bucks or sometimes as little as 10 bucks an hour. Because you're good at what you do and you've got your skills, you go to the market offering your skills and say, yes, a client says, I'd love to work with you. That's a great idea. Let's put that into place. So then you go into the mindset of, great, now I've got to fulfill that. But whilst you're doing that, you've, there's no focus. Like You can literally stop your revenue by getting into the fulfillment it mode happens all the time.
1: You get a yeah. client to say, all right, you know, right, I'm going to do a $2,000 a month product with you, but They're going to want to ask for a lot, or you know how new clients are. They're going to want to maximize their investment. They're going to be tracking you around, writing emails every day. So how do you keep yourself in that mindset where I'm going to go out and get the next client as opposed to ensuring that that first client is super happy?
0: So this comes back to defining our being clear about our product offering and service and how we deal with the client. So if we set their expectations, and this is the other thing is most people in this role undercharge for what they deliver, because they're, you know, you want to get a client on board and you want to make it easy for people to buy. So we tend to actually minimize our pricing. One thing that I say to people that I work with is stop hanging out with internet marketers. That's not to say that you can't have internet marketers as friends or people who are entrepreneurial online as friends. I'm just saying, don't spend too much time thinking about, from a business point of view, what you're charging, what you're not charging, or listening to what other people are charging. Because I know great copywriters that are charging $500 to $1,000 for a sales page, and then I have people that I know that will charge twenty dollars to $100,000 for the exact same sales page. And they're not even writing the sales page. They're actually outsourcing that to somebody else to write that page. And they're coming back and editing and making the adjustment. So it comes to the value proposition. So most people undervalue themselves. They need to sit there and say, look, at the end of the day, what is this worth? I'll give you a classic example. You're talking about sales funnels. I'm working with a guy who, that's what he does. He's brilliant at creating the automation. He knows the structure, the strategies, fantastic. And then he'll go and do the work, but he'll charge three to $4,000 to build a funnel that is easily worth a hundred thousand dollars
1: easily. How do you properly value your time? I guess it seems the problem is, is I guess you like you launch in a certain way with a certain mindset to a certain demographic. And so what do you do with your clients that they come to you and they're like, they feel like, Hey man, like I build these funnels. I get paid $4,000 all day. Like, how can you come to me and say that it's actually worth more than that?
0: Because I'll sit there and ask the question, what is the client actually getting out of that in results? So if I build a for this particular funnel, by the way, this person now is selling the $4,000 funnel for $25,000 and with an $8,000 a month support package, and they got their first client who said yes to that, and the client thought it was too cheap. The client said, wow, that's way less than what we thought it would be.
1: Is it simply a matter of taking these things that are maybe focused towards the internet marketing community and repositioning them towards more profitable business sectors?
0: That's one part of it, because again, for me, I like to work with businesses that have a high value sale. If I know that I can help a realtor get a $25,000 commission on a million dollar house, there's no way in the world I'm going to build a funnel for five grand if they're making 25 grand every time they sell a house. It just doesn't make sense. And to the person who's receiving that funnel, it doesn't make sense to them either. That's like going to BMW and saying, hey, I can build your website or redo your website responsibly for 10 grand. And BMW have been sitting there spending $8 million building their website. This is a personal value thing, a mindset thing. The only way to overcome the value proposition is think about what the client is actually going to generate from what you're delivering to the customer, and then sit there and say, whatever price comes into your head, play the game of increasing that price by 20% every time you make a pitch. And you'll find that your customers will, if you sit there and say, this is what the investment is, and you've got the conviction to say, hey, this is the result that we're looking to focus on, the client's going to go, yeah, that's reasonable. Like I'm in the game and I know how to build a funnel, but I recently paid $50,000 to build a funnel. And the reason why is because I was using expertise. I knew what the value proposition for me was and I knew why it was worth that in terms of what I'm doing. So the idea is to create a frame of reference of what's possible out there, who is doing what I'm doing at a premium level and how are they going about charging that? Because if they can do it at that level and looking at the quality of work, then I know what I'm doing is worth more. And so I'm going to lift my mindset or shift my mindset up the scale.
1: Let's talk then about the framework that you've pulled together. Just walk me through it. So this is the four-step way. Well, you describe it.
0: Okay. So, So there's two components of this one we talk about the old 8020 rule of focusing more on sales than and focusing on fulfillment there are only four actions that anybody needs to do if they follow these four actions they only do it once a day 5 days a week monday to friday because the outside world doesn't you know work on the weekends other in other than our community <laughs> If you were to focus on these four things, I will guarantee you, you will get clients consistently without any hassle, and it would only let literally take half an hour to an hour a day. So if we're investing half an hour to an hour on income generating activity for our business every single day, watch the results go through the roof in your business. So first action, make one appointment per day. That's all you got to do is who will benefit? What am I going to do? Put some information in front of somebody, ask them if I can sit down and show them how they can benefit, make an offer. One appointment per day with your prospective market, prospective client. It's easy to do. Send an email or if you get lazy, you can get somebody else to actually do that for you. So, and it's not very expensive to do that. In by fact, the way. there's
1: many services in our community that will help you with such a task.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've used some of those services and they're fantastic. So one appointment per day, that's 20 appointments per month. If you had 20 selling opportunities per month, you're going to be doing some deals. Worst case scenario, you can bring on four to five clients a month. Second, and this is so simple that most people don't do this, but it's one of the fastest ways to put cash in your bank account is make an offer make a direct offer to your market for your service, that is relevant, that provides an incentive, a full benefit, that is time sensitive, and has a level of scarcity. So an example of that would mean, hey, we're about to spend a ton of money on marketing and advertising on Facebook to bring in some new clients because we've got some room for some new projects. Instead of giving the money to people, to spending the money on advertising, we thought we'd give you the money instead. So we're offering $500 to the, towards your design of your site if you want to take advantage and look at a strategy. If you're up for a redo, or if you're up for something where you want to make some adjustments or put some landing pages on your site, Book a time here with us, 10-minute chat, and you can collect that $500. We can only give it to 10 people because we're going to spend about $5,000 on Facebook ads. So if you want to take advantage of our design service, here's $500 So this cash. is
1: something that a web agency could do, essentially.
0: Yeah. Or if I was to pick another service, let's say I was an AdWords person. Say, look, normally we charge people two to $3,000 or $5,000 to actually set up their campaigns. We'd like to give you $2,000 worth of cash towards your campaign. If you're serious about getting some leads, let's have a chat. Or another way to do it is, hey, I'd like to send you 10 free clients. If you're interested, let's have a quick chat. I can only do this for a handful of people, for two or three people. I'm only speaking to a handful of people this week. If you're serious and you want some clients really quickly, let's have a quick chat. The idea is to send out a direct offer every day. If you're offering often, you're going to make sales. And what you're going to do is based on your feedback of those offers, you're going to fine-tune those offers. I do these four actions in my business every day. And I encourage the people that I work with to do exactly the same. And the results are amazing. But if you're consistently offering, if you're consistently fine-tuning, you'll find that you'll get a bucket load of So Okay, so the
1: first step, John, is what?
0: Make an appointment a The second step. Second step is make a direct offer. And that
1: offer has characteristics of?
0: Time sensitive. It's got to be relevant to the person receiving it. It's got to provide a benefit. And there is a value proposition. The call to action is take advantage of this now. If I can just take that second step a little bit further, don't just send out one offer. You want to send out a really basic sequence of four emails. And this is the context. You send the offer as the first email the second email is, hey, the next day or the day after, I just want to make sure you got that email. The third email is, I'd love to know what you thought about this offer. And the last email is, are you interested in taking advantage of this? I've got one more spot. Simple four sequence works every time. And
1: you could do this for, I could imagine this applying to just about anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can do this for any business. And the list that you're going to go to is I highly recommend that you go to your familiar list. People who you know, you can sit and say, hey, would you like this? Or do you know somebody who would like this? The other list is any past contact, whether they bought or they didn't buy from you. Any pitch that you've done that said no. The list could be as big as 100 people or it could be as small as 10 people. I've just done this campaign for myself on a specific offer. only went to a list of uh, 120 people. And seven people put up their hand for a $30,000 deal. And what
1: sort of business was that?
0: This was to a health niche. I don't want to go into the exact niche. This was to a particular health niche, and it was to sell a Facebook funnel for a health niche. So I just went to a no pile of people who said no to a previous presentation and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's an incentive that I'm providing. If you're interested, we'd love to work with you to get this up and running and going. We know it works. If you're ready, just let us know. The first email got two people. The second email got three people. The last email got two people. So we had seven in the sequence. Seven people. So what's that, 210,000. So
1: the third step then.
0: Okay, third step, and this is probably one of the best strategies if you wanna generate clients consistently, you can do this in a leveraged fashion or you can do this in a individual fashion, is teach people what you know. Teach people, teach one person or teach a group of people once a day what you know, and how it helps people get a result. A perfect example of this is I have a consultant that I work with in the UK. They specialize in SEO and Facebook ads for their clients. Their niche is in the manufacturing niche. And the association pays them to deliver live training once a week on how they can get themselves sorted out online more effectively. And so by doing this, on average, they attract about 10 to 15 inquiries every single week after every single training. If I sat there and let's say your friend who runs the product or service of building funnels for professional services, all I would have to do is make an offer and say, listen, we're providing a unique training to show professional service firms how they can consistently and automatically generate clients that are filtered, targeted, ready to put their hand. What I'd like you to do is we offer one firm this training per week. Would you like to be that firm? Share what you know. Teach what you know. What happens when you teach people, they'll sit there and turn around and say, you know what? this is really cool. Can you do this for it's us? It's
1: amazingly simple, but I think maybe service providers resist doing it because that's what they're selling. They see that as what they're selling. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. But at the end of the day, the client's never going to do it. I give away all my <laughs> secrets. I, you know, Somebody asks me you know, how I can go and you know, convert this million dollar sale. I'll sit there and say, look, this is exactly what you need to do. And I'll step out the entire process and say, right, go for it. And nine times out of 10, they'll say, look, uh, that's really cool, but can you help me with this? I'll give you a classic example. I had another consultant that I worked with that was really good at AdWords and they were great at AdWords for insurance companies. And so they sat there and they they said, let's do a training for insurance companies on how to use AdWords effectively to get insurance leads. So they sent an email out to all their their lists, their leads, and they said, we're gonna develop this program with you and it's gonna be over a five week period and we're gonna show you how you can implement a simple AdWords campaign to get bucket loads of insurance leads in your business. Now, here's what happened. They started doing the training. In the first week, there was 20 insurance companies that hopped on board. In the first week after the first week's training, they sat there and said, you know, this is really cool, Peter, but you know what would be even more cooler is if you actually did this for us. So in that moment, they went 11 of the 20 people that signed up for the course decided that they would rather have his team do the campaign and the service for him. So, because he was teaching, he was showing. This is exactly what you do. They're sitting and saying, "Well, it's really cool. I've got to be the insurance guy. We don't have time to do AdWords and blah blah. That's just like another thing. But if you can do this for us and get us a buckload of leads, that would be really cool. Can you do that for us? You know?" And so, you end up with eleven clients instantly. And The average sale for them was five thousand a month. So that was a nice. Well, kicker. I think about that, John, in the context of what
1: you know. Those questions that you asked me earlier, which like you know, you were saying, like, would you want those leads to be automated? Would you want? And all of a sudden, okay, I'm booking an appointment, I'm going to get on the phone with you and your team. And then there's a big question for a lot of these younger entrepreneurs is like, what are you going to say during that appointment? And to me, there's a huge difference between someone coming in there and convincing me that they're the cat's pajamas and that they're going to make you a bunch of money and all this kind of stuff, as opposed to the other sales call that you're like, hey, guys. I'm going to walk out of this room, leaving you better than when I found you, because I'm going to show you what we do. Or at least at a minimum, they'll be educated enough to be able to talk about it after work with their other colleagues and have an educated decision as to they're going to say, oh, I heard about that stuff that is very profitable or so-and-so is doing that stuff as opposed to, yeah, I had to sit through some guy trying to sell me for an hour today. What a dumb idea to book the appointment.
0: Ah, and there is the therein lies the statement. I gotta sit through an hour of somebody trying to sell me. At the end of the day, a sale has to be made. Somebody's gonna buy and somebody's not gonna buy. And in both sides there is a sale. Let me explain that. There is one other strategy to cap off those four things, important things that people need to do. And the last one is to take the time to understand your market. Once a day, speak to somebody, a prospective client, a supplier in the market, purely with the idea of let me understand a little bit about what's going on, what's important to you, what's happening, what are you seeing, what's got to happen differently, how are things working, not working. If you spend having conversation with one person a day in your market with that level of or commitment to let me understand what's going on, We're not here to sell you anything, right? We just want to have this conversation to understand so that we can come up with better ways and perhaps better ideas that we can come back to the market with. If you take the point, it's all Stephen Covey's seven highly effective habits of effective people or successful people seek to understand then seek to be understood. Oftentimes, when you take the air out of I'm here to sell you something and sit and say, look, I just want to listen to you. I just want to understand. And maybe I can come up with some ideas or maybe I can share some insight. But at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just interested in what's going on. That conversation is a game changer for any business, because what happens is inadvertently you're feeding back to the person what they're telling you. And ultimately, they're going to sit there and say it's like therapy. They're going to sit and say, you know what, you understand my business better than I do. How do you help And
1: what I love about it too is it's deceptively simple because being able to have that conversation on a daily basis, say you take the challenge in earnest, it means you have to have mechanisms in your business to be able to have those relationships, right? Like I feel like a lot of people in the internet marketing community, you go out and you like make your sales pitches when you have the spare time and then you come back and you talk to other internet marketers. And you share notes with the wrong people, what you're essentially suggesting is you got to have a mechanism in your business to swap notes with people in your industry on a daily
0: basis. Exactly. If you understand, like I, if I was getting into a niche, let's say I was doing financial services, I go and read the top 10 books that have been written about professional services. Let's say we were going to choose accountants as the genre. I go and read or at least scan the top 10 books of all the key topics in that market because they're all the questions that are being answered by the industry or asked by the industry. So if I understand what's going on or if I can relate, it makes it really easy to connect. And that's a real key here. And I like talking to influencers. People who are influencers tend to have a little bit of an ego. They're fairly easy to reach out to and they'll give you the gold. In fact, they'll even introduce you to people that you should be talking to uh, to take a level of understanding. So those four things, make an appointment, make a direct offer, teach somebody what you know, and understand the market, if you did that, not all of them, just one of either one of those four things five days a week, that puts you in front of 20 people in your market every you're month. you're
1: saying this is just a numbers game?
0: It is a numbers game. Because at the end of the day, if I spoke to 20 people in my world, if I spoke to 20 people, I'd probably one in two would say, yes, I'd like to take advantage of something that you've got to offer. In, in the average world, let's say worst case scenario, about 25%. That means four to five clients a month. If I'm generating four to five clients a month in any independent service or business, and if I'm pricing correctly, I can hire people to take care of that. That's leverage. That is a consistent growth in business. But to answer your next question about, well, what do I say? What's that conversation look like? I will give you a really simple process that anybody can use. And it's an easy way to allow a customer to walk or a prospective client to walk themselves into a situation to say, hey, I need to do this. Let's do it. So first thing, we have to know what's important. The most important thing when we're talking to people is say, look, at the end of the day, I know, that, I know what we can do. But we need to ask, what's the most important objective here for the prospective customer? So for a professional service firm, if we're going to pick on accountants, if we're the funnel builder for accountants, what's important to them is not tax clients. Because what they do is they get overwhelmed with low-paying customers. No accountant wants low-paying customers. And with outsourcing to foreign countries to do tax returns these days, there's no cash and there's no money. Where an accountant actually wants to make money is they want to talk to business people who want to scale, grow, and strategically look at opportunities for their business. So in doing that, the fees for those types of businesses are much higher. So if I was sitting at an accountant and say, what type of accounts do you want, right? He'll sit there and say, look, I want clients that want to build structures, they want to build their assets, they want to minimize any uh, liability in taxes, and more importantly, to put in a plan to scale and grow. What would a client like that invest in your services, Mr. Accountant? In uh, our services, a client like that would probably invest about twenty dollars to $30,000 a year in, our, in fees, my next question is, how many of those $30,000 clients do you want per month? And then, so what's the objective here? What do you want? So the accountant says, I'd love to work with, you know, we'd like to get four or five of those clients on a month. That's four or five clients at twenty grand. that's eighty dollars to $100,000 a month. Over the course of a year, you're going to be adding a million dollars worth of revenue to the $1.2 million in revenue. Over the next five years, because the average client's going to stay five, three to five years, over the next five years, that's worth $6 million to your practice that's essentially what you're telling me. So let me ask you, if you sat down with clients like that at that level, if I were to bring you 10 of those sorts of people, how many of those would actually become a client based on your process? Well, if you brought me 10, we'd probably get half of them or we'd probably get four of them out of 10. Or worst case scenario, if one of our associates was doing this, they'd probably close two out of 10. So to get your four clients, we've got to get you eight opportunities like that per month. That's essentially what you're you're
1: outlining here is funny because it's, I I imagine these young guys are talking to at the beginning and like what they're trying to do in their meetings is probably a lot more difficult than what you're outlining. You don't have to go in there and know everything. In fact, you're just going in there to figure out what they know.
0: Yeah. What do they know? What do they want? Why is it important? So the first thing is, what's the objective? What's important? So tell me what you want. Okay, great. So we understand this. And basically what you're telling me is this is what you want. So we feed back to them what they want. My next question is, why is that important? Why is it important for your practice to pick up four clients like that every month? What are you going to do with the money? You know, why is this relevant? And why is this important now? Well, we want to bring more team. We want to scale. We want to bring other expertise in. We want to expand our practices into other markets. So your plan, is that a plan that you're working on right now or is that something that you're, you know, progressing, you know, six months, 12 months down the track? They give you the reasonings. This is why I want it. This is why it's important now. This is – so we've got to find out why they want this. And this is probably where I'd spend a little bit more time to gain clarity because the more they resonate with why they're doing this, the easier it is for them to say, you know what, this is exactly what we want. So that's the second part. What's most important first part? Second part, why is this important to you? Now, my next question is a really simple one. What's holding you back? Is it time? Is it resources? Is it you've tried things and it didn't work? And so they'll sit there and say, well, it could be resources, it could be time. We don't have the, enough people to handle the inquiries. Yeah, or it or, could
1: be something more dire and challenging, like they could say, well, I don't trust people like you that say they can bring me leads.
0: Exactly. I want to find out what the roadblocks are for them hitting their objective, Okay. In most cases, they're going to say time, money are the two issues that are, that are going to come up. So then based on feeding that back to the person, you sit sitting and say, listen, can I share with you two or three ideas and then you can tell me which one suits you best. If we can understand the type of client you're looking for that's going to invest $20,000 in those services, we can identify the type of business, we can identify location, we can identify the triggers as to why they need this, all of those sorts of things. So if we had a system that could go out to those people and an incentive or an offer To share with those people to say, these are the critical things that you need to be thinking about your business in terms of the next step in leveling up for growth and structure. And we're more than happy to sit down with you and show you a plan on how you can move your business forward to make sure you're minimizing any liabilities that you have in the business. Why do this,
1: John? Why present them with three options?
0: The reason I'm doing the three option thing is I'm just throwing up a couple of ideas. All I'm doing is I'm trying to relate what I do to what their issues are. I will half the time already know what their issues are before I go in. If you've spent time understanding the business, understanding the market, you're going to know what the trigger points of these questions are. You already have solutions. But if I sat there and said, here's your objective, is it okay if I walk through just a couple of ideas that will perhaps get to your objective faster? They're going to go, sure. So here's a couple of ideas. Here's an automated funnel idea, or we could have a direct appointment funnel where we can just literally target the market, offer your incentive, then make a time automatically on a calendar, and then you sit down, walk them through your sales process. Which of these ideals appeals to you the most is my next question. So they're going to say, I love idea number one. Great. Is it okay if I walk you through a really simple plan on how you can execute that for your business? Okay. So now I'm going to give him what he wants. I'm going to show how my little plan is going to get him his for $20,000 customers. I'm
1: starting to get anxious, John, because I know it's about to come.
0: <laughs> you know, it's yes. about to come. So here's the process. We don't have to go into the details of how we're going to do it. We just need to help them understand the context of what we're going to be doing to make that happen. Right. So at the end of the day, if we were to do this, how many clients do you think that we could generate? Now, I'm not saying we can generate X number of clients, but worst case scenario, if we went out to the market, what would you think? They're going to go, oh, we should be at least able to get 10 or 20. Or some people might say things like, we should get 100. They don't know. The reason I'm asking the question, they have no idea, but I want them to come up with an answer. They're part of this process. Oh, I would expect at least 10 or 20 people. Well, if I was in the lead generation game, I know that I can get 10 or 20 people in the market. That wouldn't be difficult to do for anybody who knows what they're doing. Okay. So what's that worth? That's to where you? I'm getting. <laughs> what's it worth to you? I want to put a value proposition. Worst case scenario, what do you think is going to happen? Well, we should be able to at least get two of those a month, right? That's $40,000. My next question is if I can show you an investment or if I can show you a fee that will make that pay for itself and make it easy, is it okay if I show you how we can work together? At the end of the day, if the clients, I've had clients say, you know, if we did this, our worst case scenario, I know that we could do a million dollars worth of revenue. And I'm just sitting there saying, look, at the end of the day, let's make it easy for you, 10 grand a month. That's 120 grand a year. And your worst case scenario is a million. So that's 10 to 1. Now, if they're going to balk on the price, I'm not the one that said that they were going to make a million. They did. The idea is they're going to go back on their plan, not on your plan. What's your objective? What's most important? Why is that important to you? What's stopping you? Here's a couple of things that might help. Which of these things do you think is a great idea? Is it okay if we'll walk you through how that can work for you? That is the best close that you can ask. Is it okay if I show you how we can work together to put this into place?
1: That works. That's brilliant. I want to buy whatever just happened. But it feels like a lot of these situations end up with like a proposal sitting in somebody's inbox and it's just kind of in purgatory. So how do you say you walk out of the meeting and, and that person is like, great stuff, John i got to go talk to my guy. He's in Florida for the weekend. We're going to get back to you guys next week. This looks great. And then you don't hear anything.
0: Can I eliminate that for the audience? First of all, before I actually set a meeting, if I'm going to do a plan for somebody or if I'm going to walk through a plan, I want to know that anybody that needs to be there that is responsible for the strategic growth of the business is going to be in on that meeting. So I won't do – if there is a partner or a wife, I would sit and say, listen – It's really important that both of you people are there because at the end of the day, I'm showing a plan. And the reason why both of you are there is you can ask all those questions that you need answers to in that moment. Who are the people that need to be there? The value is the presentation. The value is the plan. The value is going through this process to strategically figure out what you're looking to generate and achieve for your business. When was the last time you sat down and and actually strategically looked at an opportunity for growth in your business? That's the
1: difference between having this great offer versus I'm just the next person competing for your attention.
0: Exactly. So who needs to be involved? It's important that they're all there. The second thing is we're not doing a proposal. If somebody asks me, John, can you send me a proposal? My response is I'm more than happy to send you an invoice with a list of inclusions. A proposal is an exploration. The problem with a proposal is you spend three to six hours putting these things together. You put the price on the very last page. And then what happens is that person receives that proposal and flicks through your six, seven pages of information of how great this is going to be for them and looks at how much it's going to cost them. And so the value proposition is based on how much it's costing, not what it's worth to the business. And so half the time, people will not read your three to six hours of work. So let's eliminate doing three to six hours of work. We only need to do one pitch, one presentation. We're going to ask the client at the time, look, I'm going to walk you through a plan. I'm going to provide you with a solution and at the end of that end of that presentation i'm going to ask you to make a decision yes or no is that okay if with you they say
1: yes what's your follow up look like then
0: great here's my invoice with my list of inclusions they say yes, what's the next step? So what we're going to do is if some people might have an agreement, uh, need you to sign a form or need you to use your credit card or I've got a form here, I can take your details down now, right? Or I've got a contract here, I can have that organized for you now, if that's the case. But the thing is, the next step is, look, this is how we're going to get started. You always get paid in advance, never in arrears. No point in doing any work and making the effort without getting paid. And then if there's a time payment, then you make sure that's an automatic time payment. So you have a system to do that, Stripe, PayPal, whatever you want to use. But there's an invoice that goes to the client that they have to pay to get started So what's the next step? Great. Is it okay for what's your next step? Our team's going to get on the phone with your team set up a time. We need some questions We've got some resources We're going to help you with those sorts of things and then we need your finance people or yourself If you want to just take care of that now or if you want to take care of that I'm going to provide you with a link and we can get started. So the reality
1: is is that Probably most of these aren't going to end with collecting the money in the meeting even for experienced salespeople like yourself. So how do you handle
0: rejection? I love rejection. (laughs) I love rejection. You're the one. (laughs) At the end of the day, if what I've got is a fit, all I've got to do is work out how that's going to work for them. I can choose to be flexible and I'm happy to be flexible. As long as the value is there and the margins are correct, then you can make adjustments. Now, I'm not talking about discounting. I'm talking about making it easy for the customer to buy. So then two common objections that people have is I want to think about it. Don't have the money. Okay, they're the two most common objections. I want to think about it is a clarity issue. I just want to make sure I agree you should think about it right? It's important for you to weigh up your decisions. But before you go and do that, Dan, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? Your objective is clear. Yeah. The reasonings why that's important to you. Yes. The roadblocks to stop you. Now, the plan that we put into place, the thing that we've got here, that's all okay. Yeah. So where do you think we should go to from here? You let the person come to you, not you go to them. Right. So if everything's okay and we're clear, we're all good. This is the program you're looking for. Yes. So where do you think we should go to from here? They might sit and say, okay, well, you know, I need to think about the finances. Great. Let's look at the finances. Here's a great question for anybody who finds themselves in the situation. Look, I understand, you know, your resources are important. You've got to afford this and you've got to make this work. At the end of the day, this has got to pay for itself. And that's the goal of what we're here to do is to make sure that you're getting a return on your investment. That's the number one priority from our perspective. And at the end of the day, you want to see the positive result of that. So let's put the money aside for a second. Is there anything other than the cash, other than the money that would stop you from starting this program today? Now, if they say there's nothing other than the money that would stop me to get going, They've just bought your services. And here's why. So let's put the money back. How do we make this easier for you? Instead of the 50 or, or uh, 100% installment, why don't we do a 30% down and the balance in 30 days? Does that fit better with your cash flow? Right. Or what can you pay? What would you put down? Oftentimes, what we do is we go, like, this is just a psychological thing. If we're making this offer saying, okay, look, they're sitting there saying, there's nothing other than money, I would do this today. Great. So let me help you. Let me help you here. What can you afford to put down as initial installment? Rather than me saying, look, put 50% down, they might come back and say, look, can you take 75% now and we'll do 25% in 30 days? They'll make the offer. And if I sit there and say, well, yeah, I can let you have it for that. Let's do it. The money should not be an obstacle. People will find the money. They will find the money. If they like an idea you know, enough or they're committed to an idea enough, they're going to find the money. You need to relax a little bit and say, look, what are we talking about here? You know, you just told me that you could generate $40,000 a month in extra revenue. That's $480,000 a year. And we're talking about a $5,000 initial per month investment. When's a good time to put that into place, Dan? Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right. People want to ask the question. You're going to have to ask people on average seven times to make that purchasing decision. And if you're asking people through your process of feeding back to them, and that's what you're doing in this process that we've just been walking through, in this process of what's important, right, why is it important, what's stopping you. We are asking them each step of the way for a commitment to their Let idea. Me take a
1: turn here. You know a lot of the listeners of this show. It's not probably hard for you to visualize a hundred of them right now. And you've worked with them and, and they kind of light up when you work with them and they get pumped up about their businesses and they implement a lot of things. Why do you think you've had such a big impact on them?
0: I think it's just changing changing their beliefs and changing their mindsets. And probably the biggest thing, it's really weird, you know, we come back to the mindset and we come back to a little bit of woo-woo here. You know, it's how we think. It's our perceptions of, you know, what we have in our environment and around us, the people we hang out with, what we're, you know, learning or communicating or engaging with that is going to put us in this place that we are today. And so the big thing is is that you know you are worth it. You do deserve it. You can do this. You know that in, in your heart of hearts you know this is a great thing that you're doing. You know that people can get results. So if your intention is there and your desire is really key here, then you're going to rock it out of the park. I mean, I've, you know, I've worked with people where they take their time. They need to put all their ducks in a row. They've got to get all the stories right, get all the questions right. And then they're going to go out to the market. And then slowly, slowly, they will hit their strides. Other people are sitting to saying, to hell with this. I've been holding myself back for so long. This is ridiculous. I'm being stupid here. I'm just going to just do it. You know, a friend of mine says a half-assed action is still an action. Right. <laughs> you know, A crappy strategy and a crappy uh, execution of strategy is still an execution of a strategy. <laughs> I think the people who do really well are the ones that get out there and fail fast. I spoke to a guy in Las Vegas who works at one of the largest car lots. I found this guy on YouTube and I, I just happened to be in Vegas and I thought I'm going to bring this guy up and, and have a chat to him. This guy's his name's Peter Finkel. And I went out and made a time to go and see him. I said, man, I've got to talk to you because that was the funniest video that I'd seen. It was a strange thing to say. And he says, I'm not making any money unless I fail 20 times a day, right? Now, he was the best salesman on the lot. Like, he was the best guy that sold a lot. The reason why he needed to fail 20 times is so he could sell four cars a day. So this is why this guy's making quarter of a million to half a million dollars a year in sales. Right in revenue for himself, because he's failing 20 times a day. So he doesn't sit there in his office waiting for the customers to come in. He'll go out. He'll engage. He sends out offers. He's doing things to have those 20 conversations to help people get in the car that they want every day. What do
1: you say to people that say, there might be a group of people listening that say, all that John's describing here, it's not my bag. I don't like, talking to people is a little scary. It sounds like a lot of rejection and work and hustle. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a website and I'm going to run Facebook ads. And I'm not ever going to consider any of these things that John's saying. They're just not for me.
0: You can do that. You can successfully do that. We know people who very successfully never speak to their customers and generate, you know, millions of dollars worth of sales for their products and their services. If you're selling a service Somebody has to have a conversation. No one's going to buy, or spend $5,000 a month on Facebook ads by pushing a button. They are going to want to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about to help them with that. Under $2,000, you can go and sell a productized Facebook ad service for $500 to $1,000 a month. You know, you could do that with enough videos and information and steps, but somebody somewhere along the way to a service business is going to have to have a conversation. My
1: response would be something like you don't have to do this forever. This is like the flywheel getting started. This is the fastest way to get the flywheel started. Even if your package is $800, why wouldn't you set an appointment every day for it? And you're going to learn enough that maybe the package could go to $1,500 or you'd have the recurring package on the back or whatever. So that's my response. Like, There's so much intelligence in this. There's so much that you learn about your market that even if you intend to sit behind a laptop eternally, that it would be worth a year of your time to get to know the people that you're doing business with for sure.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, I think you could agree some great advice here. And let's tie this into a previous episode we've done with Taylor Pearson, where he talks about this concept of rocks, pebbles, and sand. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that if you want to get the most productivity into your limited amount of time, and the metaphor is the mason jar, that you would put in your rock first, then your pebbles second, then your sand finally. like If you start with the sand and the pebbles, your rocks aren't going to fit into the mason jar. Rookie mistake, obviously. I mean, who would start with sand? Rookie mistake. My challenge to the listeners is, what if this sales process were your rock? What if this was the no compromise thing? Because we all get in this situation where you know you have a few successful sales and then you're scrambling to deliver and John's basically saying, no, 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 like this is the lifeblood. This is the oxygen of any business.
2: And this ought to be your rock. It totally is. The other day, Dan, I met a guy who has a printing business in Houston. He's doing like crazy money. <laughs> and he's like taking all kinds of jobs that I wouldn't take, you know. And the guy's just an excellent salesperson. And then I go to his website, which is basically non-existent. Right. And he's like, yeah, we're working on that. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the guy that you want to be super afraid of because I'm super afraid of anybody that doesn't have a great website that's doing a ton of business because I know that they're an excellent salesperson. They don't rely on pop-ups. They don't rely on email marketing campaigns and all this crap. They rely on getting on the phone and it's not really crap, but they rely on getting on the phone and making sales happen. And once that guy does get that email system up and once that guy does get his website up, he's gonna be like tripling his business.
1: I'm sure a lot of listeners of this podcast could go to business owners like that and offer them consulting and say, look, you're a brilliant salesperson. Can we get this on an automatic recurring webinar? Can we turn what's working in the systems that you're sort of exhibiting in in person with people? Can we get that automated on the web? But again, the cart has to be behind the horse here, you have to do it in the right order, like a marketing campaign that's built on interactions that don't work that don't sell they're just going to be a, a huge waste of time and so I think it's an interesting thought experiment because some of this stuff you know it can sound simple, it can be easy to put it off the desk because it's like well i don't want to be i don't want the challenge of basically being rejected i'd much rather just put up a landing page and see if people buy the reality is. I believe. And that's why we used to sign off every show with go make a cold call or just hashtag get on the phone, right? Get on the blower. That's the most effective way to move your business forward. We still do it every day. I think people think we're just a bunch of uh, gas heads behind microphones. We're not. We're still getting on the blower. We were on the phone this morning. Every day we're doing it. So I still feel like that's the way to move your business forward, even in the age of the internet. So if you don't know John Logar and you think he's uh, just one of these people who can talk a good game on a podcast but doesn't practice what he preaches, you couldn't be more wrong. I don't know anyone who travels and puts himself out there more than him.
0: If I can get the chance to meet with you and have a conversation or a beer and have a chat and listen to what's going on, that's where I learn. I'm learning from the direct connections that I have. And at the same time, I'm also understanding what's going on in market. So I don't just travel from a marketing point of view to go and work with consultants around the world. I also travel to industry-specific events to connect and see what the trends are, where are things happening, what's happening in the market. But it also keeps me you know, kind of ahead of the game in relation to what's coming and what's happening. We are in a situation in our world, in the entrepreneurial world, that pretty much close to, and it's, and it's going to be happening in the next five to 10 years, that 60% of the workforce is not going to be in an office environment. They're going to be working from home. And that is literally a multi-trillion dollar industry. In multiple areas, and and skill sets are becoming far more important. In our world, artificial intelligence is started starting to come into marketing. We've got all these chatbots, so things are changing very rapidly. The interesting thing that for those of you are listening, if you know you know this world, this online world, you have experience whether you're doing e-commerce or affiliate marketing or blogging or. You're a service provider in Facebook ads, AdWords, copywriting, email marketing, automation, sales, all those sorts of things. These are highly prized skills outside of this community. There are 60,000 positions in the United States for the title of social media manager, social media director, digital marketing manager, digital marketing director. 60,000 positions are advertised on all the ad sites in America. That's a lot of Skill shortage in terms of what we do. The average salary of those people is between seventy grand and sometimes up to two hundred fifty thousand plus. Us with our skills, I could I could help somebody if they've got a seventy thousand dollar investment in somebody or a hundred thousand dollar investment in somebody. I know that I can take that hundred grand and create miracles for them. And so people are looking for people with our skill sets in this community. There is a ton of opportunity out there, and let me tell you, it's not saturated. So the reason I travel is to connect, to learn, to see and I, my lifestyle and my business affords me to do that and I love that and the big thing is I get to hang out with you and I get to hang out in D.C. Austin coming up which I'm really <laughs> excited about. So yeah so that's why I travel. To me I'm just I want to be in places to connect, learn and grow and the best way that I can do that is to engage people directly. John,
1: thanks for coming on the show today. We
0: appreciate it. Dan, I really appreciate it. This is uh, awesome. It's taken me three years to get on this show, man. <laughs> But thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited about the event coming up too, by the way.
1: That was a long podcast, but the reason I didn't want to cut it short and make it like just like these sort of pat answers to how to become a better salesperson is I really believe in this stuff. And I think that people who are willing to implement these systems in their businesses, and have them be executed on an ongoing basis, faithfully, you know, that's really, has the chance to really change people's businesses, you know?
2: Can I give out some homework? Yeah. We've done a lot of sales in our businesses, but this is how you can stay sharp, even if you don't have anything to sell, even if you don't want to sell your product and your business, whatever. Go on to Craigslist. It's my favorite website of all time. Go on to Craigslist and find some things that you need or some things that you want. For me, it's generally cars or RVs lately, okay? And try and buy them for half price. (laughs) I'm dead serious. I I do this all the time. And people are looking at this car, they're like, Oh, that's an eight thousand they're asking eight thousand dollars. How could you possibly get that for four thousand dollars? Sales. That's how you get that car for four thousand dollars. I've seen you do it. And it works and you know what the most interesting part about it for me is, Dan? It's almost the same thing every time. And I think that's what people don't realize about sales is because it is a very complex process, but a lot of times it just boils down to the same thing every time. Like this person needs money today or yesterday. This person doesn't understand the value of what they have. And so these signals, these trips, they're always the same thing. And they're always the same reason why you can get it for a half price. Now... It doesn't always happen, of course. Sometimes you get there and the guy is like, no, I'm 100% firm on this price. Sometimes you get them down to 6,000. Sometimes you don't get any money off. But if you look hard enough and you look long enough, you will get that car for half off. And it's an important skill. And you're talking about
1: negotiating, just kind of doing deals in, in general, trying to get to an agreement. Yeah. A lot of people just build this stuff up and make it more complex than it needs to be they're worried about rejection, they're worried about just being nervous, all all kinds of issues. But that's what I love so much about John's message is he takes what a lot of us think are really complex things. And he says, look, this is simple. You can do it. You can get better at it and you can execute it. And your business can execute on this stuff on a daily basis. Rocking. All right, boss, man. Thanks for joining me on the show. See you next week. See you later.